Welcome to Venezia, cari signori. Today I have a little special episode for you. I want to share some thoughts about campaign play and how my guild, the gang, was built to join the campaign that we are currently playing with my gaming group in Venezia. I'll explain in depth how to play a campaign in a subsequent episode actually. In this one I'll just give you the context in which we are playing. This episode is a special one, as I said, is the first one of a series of episodes that I release when I think that there is an interesting topic that deserves um, more in-depth focus. So, let's start with The Guild Goes to War. Welcome, cari signori, welcome to the city of the unending Carnevale. Welcome to Venezia. But be aware, there are monsters behind the masks. <laughs> As already anticipated, what is and how a campaign is played. A campaign is a series of games in which previous ones have consequences in following ones. Playing a thing like this in Carnevale is really simple. First, gather your friends, check, then build a 150 ducats legal list from which your characters are going to be choose to fight the single scenarios. Then choose a campaign from the ones listed in the rulebook and have fun. At uh, Il Magazzino, the club where I play, we decided to spicy up the things, playing a map-based campaign. Every player chose a parish from the 131 that were in Venice at the end of the 18th century as his HQ, and from that the goal is to conquer as many parishes as possible. My base is the parish of San Pantalon in Dorsoduro. Google it, that church is a jewel. And every player follows the appropriate campaign for its faction. And at the beginning of the game, the opponents choose which scenario, which storyline, sorry, uh, they wish to follow. That's it, nothing too fancy, but a lot of fun. And let's go ahead to the main topic. My guild list. At that time, my guild collection was composed of the guild part of the two-player starter set. Black Lamp, Rialto Assassin and a guild starter box. Of this last box, I converted a Capodecina, I got one more, so was an accessory actually, to be a Baroni. I simply swapped the, the swords and uh, I gave him a cool brace of pistols. Then one citizen, one citizen to an arbalester and the other one to be a recruiter. I had now plenty of choices for my 150 Ducats gang. The rules to gather my force are the usual one. One leader and no more heroes than henchmen. When facing this building, I love to have options that can cover many threats and give me flexibility to play every aspect that the game offers. Generally speaking, 
you have two approaches to list building, balanced and skewed. The former is one that I usually put in use. The latter is, in my opinion, an option only if I go to a highly thematic list or a hardcore tournament list. The first can be, for example, a sub-faction like uh, Polcinellas or Romani or City Guards, while the second case uh, is a thing that I personally find inappropriate to a narrative-driven game like Carnevale. Obviously, I am not here to judge anyone. If you and your friends like to play hardcore, super-skewed games, then go for it. The point is having fun. But let's, sorry, let's go back on topic. Um, Carnevale, in my opinion, can roughly be broken in three layers. Ground level, rooftop, and canals. I add to three these elements, close combat, range combat, and support. I want options that can cover all of these aspects of the game and give me an answer to any threat that they can pose. My little choice is easy. Capo de China is going to be the boss here. And even if I head up other options, the Capo is really a strong pick. He grants me a powerful mobile element and an invaluable melee fighter. He is definitely not an all-around leader. He has for sure combat skills and command points but is not the total warrior like a Venetian noble or maybe the Prince of Thieves, for example. His defenses are not stellar and he has no range of the capabilities. Using Capodecina means uh, learning the right timing to engage the enemy. No need to say that I am still practicing and I'm a very slow learner. After that, I have to choose heroes and henchmen. I usually take an hero and uh, his associate henchman until uh, I am okay with uh, my hero choices, my hero pool, and then I fill up the remaining points with more henchmen and equipment as an accessory or as fitting. First chosen hero is a powerful baroni. Lorewise, he is eyes and ears of a prince of these, and he perfectly fits in with Capodecina leading. When you are in a crime syndicate, you know, trust and honor are not taking much, so much consideration. On the other hand, knowing that you potentially have a gun aimed at your back is a very good boost to your loyalty. But game-wise, a Baroni is a great character. He is not super mobile, actually, but he offers a solid offense and a couple of CPs. Definitely is a very capable fighter with his medium-range pistols that can pump out shots over shots and actually he, is a, he can maintain a very good rate of fire since he hasn't to reload his guns unless I decide to use them as twin pistols. This powerful attack can potentially inflict up to 9 points of damage of course, if I spend two will points and assuming that your target fails all of his protection rolls, of course, but that requires you to reload the pistols. On the defensive side, 13 health points and protection 6 
is not bad, at least for a guild character. Finally, his commandability intimidation gives a first strike one to all the allies within 3 inches and so granting a little bit more punch to the gang. After the Barone, I have to pick an henchman. My first choice in henchman always is a gondolier. I am in love with this character. For just 12 ducats, you gain a brave, fast swimmer, 2 inch reach, blade the whore wielding guy. A gondola here is a mandatory choice, so my gondolier can uh, give additional speed and transport capacity on the water. He is really a well-designed character in my opinion, he is not so cheap actually, 12 ducats is quite in a hero range, and his profile isn't one of a average human, but his sense of skill and powerful weapon can give him a good chance to inflict some damages. Don't forget that the gondolier can be deployed on his gondola. At the start of the game, you can move another character on the gondola. Maybe take an action just to gain some inches with a row action, and then activate the gondolier to ferry your precious passenger whatever is needed. Let's go ahead with another hero choice. Guild is known for the lack of magical support. But luckily enough, we have access to somebody who can help the brave citizens of Venice to cope with those pesky jugglers. And so enter the Black Lump. His cost is steep, and it actually costs more ducats than my Capo de China. He's the most expensive characters in my gang, but he offers the kind of support that's so special to make it invaluable. The word here is resilience. Black Lamb can stand bravely against the most vicious attacks. Thanks to his strong defensive characteristic, protection 6, universal shielding 3, parry 2, and the massive 6 will points, these give this character the toughness needed to survive in the city of Canals. He also brings two always welcome CPs. I personally don't like his command ability that much. Giving companion Black Lamp within 6 inches is not worth a precious command point, but remember they can always be spent on the always useful additional actions. But what makes these uh, guys so important to me is the ability to try to dispel enemy magic. Till now I had no occasion actually to use it since uh, I only played against another guild and a patrician gang but I know that our resident Strigoi loves to feel Brides of Dracula. Your occasion will come, brave Black Lamp, don't worry. It's the henchman time. Now, I feel confident with my melee capability, rooftop and canal control and magic control too. Now I need some true range support. Here she comes, the Arbalester. Things here are very straightforward. Take a citizen, give her a 30 inches range crossbow with a little bit of basic training and this is the Herbalester. She's just that and of course I don't expect her to change the tide of a battle but she can surely chip off enemy character and possibly finish off her wounded ones for just 12 ducats. I think she's perfectly fine. 
considering that as citizens, as regular citizens with no ranged option and more or less the same survivability costs 11 ducats and have, they, have, they share the same union ability. Why not, they say? But now with the next hero, I want a little bit of a punch and possibly support. A fisherman can give both of them. He can swim, is punchy and brings a CP with the possibility to, to give Hunter to a friendly character. I love that I can decide the weapon loadout just before fielding the fisherman, but I usually go for the pole spear. Two inches range, one additional damage and aquatic are usually what I need. Pole spear also exploits the fisherman expert offense one ability and doesn't need to reload. On the other hand, Harpoon Gun gives a massive plus 2 damage with an 8 uh, inches of range. Of course, it gives one more point to the target evasion, to the target dexterity, so it's a little bit harder to hit than uh, a regular shot. I simply choose mm, depending on the opponent faction. Facing a Radru, for example, I surely want to keep distance and a plus one evasion is not a big issue. But on the other hand, if I'm up against lots of high dexterity enemies, Paul Spear gives me more chances to connect some hits. This can uh, give them a certain degree of flexibility as I can boost any statistic that I need. Last hero, and then I'll cover all the remaining edgemen, which are three citizens. Spoiler, I pick up the, a butcher. I wanted someone who could escort my citizens and help them dealing with some medium threats. I don't expect my barber to survive, actually. He's usually tossed into the thick of the fight just to give time to my other characters to go for the objectives, or I use him for tidying up some dangerous foes. He's fairly resilient and expert protection too can uh, help me keeping him alive. In theory at least, but now my last ducats are spent on a trio of citizens. Speaking out of my teeth, I don't like that very much. I find that pilferers or harlots to be largely more useful than the average citizens. Pilferers are just too good on grabbing objectives thanks to the pickpocket, slippery and massive dexterity of 6. Harlots, on the other hand, can hit harder with their stiletto and uh, concealment and parry one can be surprisingly effective to keep them on the board. But citizens are the models that I own and uh, the one that I am going to field. I find them to be useful as cannon fodder, nice to be kept close to a hero and go grab objectives or gang up enemies. The strong point is the surprisingly high will point value of 3 and I can do it at least twice. Union lastly can give them a little boost to their attack value but I usually find quite hard 
to put that many models against just a single four, of course, is always good when it happens. But I find it hard to put that many models against just a single four. It seems to be like a waste of activations, unless, of course, I really need that particular tractor to be removed for the, from the game. And so I need to focus on him, but usually such a dangerous fall will mulch through my poor citizens. So it's a, a hard time to balance both things. Usually I use citizens to make my opponent waste activations, or uh, just to try to grab objectives, uh, or as I already said, as a cheap cannon fodder. Now, my last three ducats are spent on a flashbang grenade that is always handy to disengage to, with the best possible outcome and with a Capodesina, which is a pickpocket, and a Baroni, who is a pickpocket too, and the Baroni can really be helped by the flashback grenade since he has only agility 4, the 34, sorry. Flashback grenade can really help me to steal those precious with points and replenish mine. The other piece of equipment that I decided to buy are the climbing tools. Climbing tools gives you an automatic critical success when try a climb action. And this can give a lot of flexibility actually because in my experience, okay, some high agility character like Capodicina can be, can really live without help in climbing walls or such. But since I have so many uh, average dexterity characters, having climbing tools on my side can really give me a little edge over my opponent if I really need a character to climb that damn wall or climb that damn building. Many times I saw a fumble or just a failed climb attempt making me waste activations or losing opportunity to attack or opportunity to grab objectives. With this little piece of equipment I really hope to overcome the odds. At least once post-game income I hired this barber that gives a good mobility, additional mobility to the to the gang in the form of his high value of dexterity 5. I think that I have all the answers against every possible foe and I can stand my ground in every challenge that Venice throws at me and I even hope to exploit Venice itself against my opponent, making good use of roofs, cannons and titalis to, to achieve my goals and to keep my opponent's models. I really see that my rooftop game is solid thanks to the high mobility of Capodecina and the possibility to put a model that I need in a, a very safe way to a rooftop thanks to the climbing tools. I maybe think about uh, putting my Arbalester in a good snapping position, just for example. Then I hope to have a, a good canal control in the form of the gondolier and the fisherman. They can stand really against any threat that lurks in the water of Venice. Then range support is assured by the Arbalester and the Baroni if a gunfight is going to happen. The pure support of the gang is in the form of the Black Lamp, both in uh, additional command points and in resilience and in magical protection. But now, 
when put against some uh, real opponent, how does this gang do? So far, I achieved a draw, a victory and a loss in a total of three games played against another guild and a patrician gang. My first game was uh, against Nicolo's guild. The scenario was uh, keep the peace, first scenario of the guild campaign. The goal of uh, this scenario was to kill the opponent's heroes and possibly the enemy leader while keeping, of course, our heroes and leader safe. And as an additional rule, the henchmen were expendable in this particular scenario. So every henchman killed will come back in the subsequent round. It was a, a quite interesting game because uh, we tried to commit our heroes to kill the enemy heroes and leaders while trying to keep them safe from the enemy's attention. I think that we both achieved our, our goal and so it was a draw. I really loved the narrative behind this particular game. I imagined a rebel Capo de Sina and a sort of uprising. He brought on his side a Baroni to help him uh, with his rebellion. And then the Prince of Thieves decided to get on the field to give to the rebel Capo de Sina a good, hard lesson. The subsequent game was uh, against my good friend uh, Jacopo, who plays Patricians. There are the, game, the scenario was Party Interrupted, the first uh, scenario of the Patrician campaign, and it was a, a bloody game, because almost but two, maybe, of my guild members were killed in action. But it was a victory, because I, I managed to achieve more victory points than uh, Jacopo did. In the end, I suffered a casualty in the form of a citizen and a couple of wounds to some characters, but my characters were starting to gain some experience points. This is one of the things that I love the most about uh, playing a campaign. You gain experience, but you suffer wounds and casualties. Your characters are going to develop new skills and suffer new wounds, and so every model becomes a unique one even the lowly citizens. Last game was again uh, against uh, Jacopo's Patrician, but this time things went south, definitely. Jacopo managed to play a great game and my guild was demolished. I lost badly and my many characters were wounded. I lost one more citizen, but in the end I managed to field a new hero that really made a great difference, and he was a barber. Thanks to the, my... and it's uh, quite a competent fighter, thanks to his razor and his skills. Leaving aside the outcome of uh, every game, every single game, I always had the feeling that uh, I was deploying something that can do the job and cope with the situation. For sure, I had to keep, give credit to the solid rule system that is peculiar to this game and so thank you to the game's designer job well done i cannot wait to play again as always i have to say a great thank you to the tt combat the soft and the tt combat in general because this game is awesome and i really enjoy it
is one of the best skirmish games that I have played in many years. So guys, this episode is uh, now over. I hope to have kept you entertained and interested. And um, please share some thoughts with me about this kind of special episode because if maybe I can do some more about other factions, about uh, other topics of your interest, you like it. As always, if you want to keep in touch with me, you can contact me via Facebook Messenger to my Gmail account, monstersbtm at gmail.com. See you soon e arrivederci a Venezia.